off in motion. It's a toss right. Galvin turns it up to the five. Walks into the end zone. Yes, he does. Touchdown, Vikings! Three-yard touchdown run by Dalvin Cook. His 13th rushing touchdown this season, and it's 16-0 Minnesota. So when you score, which you've done a lot this year, <laughs> I think your first NFL in rushing touchdowns, uh, you've been giving the ball the O-line. Uh, talk about how that started and maybe who your favorite guy to give it to is. <laughs> uh, it all started back in the preseason. Okay. okay. Just this year? Yeah, okay. this year. Yeah. We started handing those guys the ball and trying to see who's fight the best. They really enjoy it. They enjoy it. They enjoy it more than they, <laughs> than I think it is deserved. They really look forward to it. They enjoy it. You got to see Pat when I gave Pat the ball. He's like, like, he, like he was, he was hype. About it. Yeah, he was hype. Yeah, but... Pat's Pat definitely the um, Pat Elfine. Yeah. yeah, he gets it done, and he have <laughs> <laughs> he got a demeanor to him when he do it. So the the one on on Sunday, I think, was the best one all year. And welcome to Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Mark Rosen back with your host. And uh, Kirk, as we sit here uh, getting ready for the L.A. Chargers next week, let's first describe what happened on Sunday against the Detroit Lions, a 20-7 to win, which I could, to me could be best described as kind of a workmanlike yeah. victory that you had out there at U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, good word. Um, got a lead early, defense was playing well, and then the rest of the game was viewed through that lens that – Let's not do anything to give the Lions an opportunity to get back in the game. We had a similar style of play against the Raiders and the Falcons at home. And, um, you know, I I think that's okay. It's not going to light up the scoreboard. It's probably not going to get you a lot of um, attention nationally. But a win counts the same regardless. And that was certainly all that mattered on Sunday. Way to come back. It feels a hell of a lot better to win, doesn't it? We worked our butts off this week. We came back out, we played good, played good on defense, right? We were efficient offensively, did a good job in the return game on special teams. That's a hell of a job. I'm proud of you, okay? Hey, let's get on a roll here, fellas, all right? We still haven't played our best football yet. We're, clo- we're getting closer, but we haven't played our best football yet. We're going to need it down the stretch and finish up strong, all right? All right, Pat, let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Pound it on three. One, two, three. Pound it. But as a quarterback who loves to to make things happen, do you feel almost like you're a race car driver that's got to put it a little slower gear? There's a little bit of that. Um, but as long as we're going to win, at the end of the day, you you, you sleep well. Um, but you'd love when you have Dalvin Cook, Adam or, uh, Adam Thielen when he's healthy, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, mm-hmm. Irv Smith, Tyler Conklin. Yeah, you'd love to be able to feel like you're opening it up and uh, and really spreading the ball around. Um, but you know, we did what we had to do. And, and quite frankly, there were plays we left out there. Even with, if you want to call it a more conservative approach, I can point to a dozen plays, a half dozen plays at least, where, you know, we got to convert that third down. And, and if we do, maybe we, we, we finish the drive with points or down on the goal line. You know, we had the penalty on fourth down. So uh, we left some things out there that uh, if we had hit those, I think we feel like we didn't. Put, take our foot off the gas pedal. The, one of the extraordinary statistics that came out of the game was that you completed passes to 11 different receivers. One of them was center Garrett Bradbury. <laughs> so I don't know how you want to assess that one, but yeah. that's a remarkable number of people who caught footballs from you. 
Yeah, well, the one to Garrett certainly was uh, not the way you want to draw it up. And I was trying to pop it over the strong safety 32's Tavon Wilson's head and give it to Rudy. He was uncovered, but they grabbed my arm at the last second. I couldn't get enough on the ball, so it was almost intercepted, and then Garrett made the catch on accident. But uh, to get to 10 other people, I think that's more a reflection of, first of all, our confidence in a lot of different skill players, the the system, the play calling, the mm-hmm. way it's designed to be able to spread the ball around, and, uh, and just the trust level that I have with so many different people. I think it's a, a great um, statistic as far as just telling the story of our offense this year and how we have leaned on a lot of different names. If you could discuss a little bit about the play action. I think uh, I saw one stat as well. I think you were 12 for 12 uh, mm-hmm. with play action passes in the first half of the game. I mean, it was this yeah. remarkable success you had and how that fits into the overall scheme of what you guys want to do offensively. Yeah, protection was really strong in the play action, so that's where it started. Um our running backs as checkdowns were were great options, not only for a completion but for an explosive gain. Um, and then we did hit a couple down the field as well. But when you can mix that in on first and second down, in addition to running the football, and and then also the bootlegs. Again, I, I guess they view play action as bootlegs. I view them as mm-hmm. two separate things, but. Uh, it can be effective, and when the run game and the pass game marry together, and for the first couple seconds of the play, they look the same, it gives you a great advantage as an offense. David Blau out of the shotgun, first drive of the game, back to pass, and he's sacked! David Blau was sacked by Daniil Hunter, who just became the youngest player in the history of the NFL with at least 50 sacks. To say the least, the Lions were going to be offensively challenged with a third-string quarterback, uh, and as long as Daniil Hunter was out there making life miserable <laughs> for uh, Mr. Blau, Blau, it was going to be a long day for him. Do you think the coaches kind of uh, looked at that and went, yeah, we're going to you know, pull it back a little bit, like you said earlier, like you did early on, or was it just one of those things that just happened as the game wore on? Yeah, right? I think it, it just kind of evolves. I also think when we went to Detroit earlier in the year and, and the Lions offense was moving the ball well, it was the opposite. We were very aggressive. We felt mm-hmm, we had mm-hmm. to uh, keep our foot on the gas pedal. And, and risk the potential turnover mistake because we were going to have to outscore them. And, and so you just adapt as the game goes on, and this was a very different style of play. But all that matters is that we find a way to win, and we did that. And uh, that's really all that, that matters in this game. And, and the second drive of the game uh, sort of uh, was the tail of the tape, 10 plays, 82 yards, pretty methodical. You spread the ball around. Ended up with a touchdown pass to B.C. Johnson. Couple of tight ends off to the right. Play action. Kirk straight drop to the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. B.C. Hold up. B.C. Johnson has caught two touchdowns in as many games against the Detroit Lions. And the Vikings have taken a 6-0 lead. It seemed like things were clicking for you pretty well there. Yeah, it was great to... Uh to get him going, and, and again, it was a mix of run and pass. I think there were a penalty or two on the defense that helped us uh, you know, keep our drive alive, and um, great call by our coaches when we got down into the red zone about the 10-yard line to stay aggressive and just um, go with the play action right away into the end zone. Um, you know, We have a saying that the the more plays you run in the red zone, the harder it is to score and and because you run out of room and, and the defense can load up against the pass on third and long. So uh, to stay aggressive and not even get to third down by scoring on first or second down, I think really helps us as a red zone offense. You seem to have a very purposeful way of throwing the football in the end zone. We've seen it with Kyle Rudolph up high and, and with his big claws that he has been able to bring the ball down. We saw it again with BZ Johnson on his touchdown reception where either he was going to catch it or no one was going to catch yeah, it. Yeah, I've probably overdone that. I don't know that I want those guys having to climb the ladder and in Rudy's case make these heroic one-handed catches I I guess I have so much confidence in them and their Mm -hmm. ability that I will put it 
to a spot that's ours or nobody's, but I get nervous that I'm putting it closer to nobody's than to ours. And so I, I do want to make sure that they're not having to work too hard to get those plays done. But to uh, their credit and to my benefit, they have made those plays, and it's been a huge help to our offense. Look, everyone love, would, can't wait for Adam Thielen to get back, and it, it, it does uh, hamper your offense to a certain extent when you have someone that high quality. But uh, you can speak of, of, of Laquan Treadwell and BC Johnson, how mm-hmm. they've contributed and continue to kind of put their head down, go to work, and help this offense in any way they can. Yeah, you never know when, not only when your number's going to get called, but then when the ball's going to come your way. And uh, you just have to keep chugging, keep playing. And it's interesting how sometimes uh, the ball comes your way and you were the least likely to get it just because of the way the coverage pl- plays out. And, uh, you know, you can't predict where the ball's going to go. So you just have to know your craft and be ready for it and then make your play when it when it happens. And it was great to see Treddy, again, his catch on a third down when we were backed up in the fourth quarter uh, was a a great play but what he did after the catch was also fun to see he broke a tackle and gained us another 15 yards just uh by being a big strong physical player so you see you know some of his ability and what he can do we're going to chat with dalvin cook here in, in a short time but uh in the second quarter you had again really solid drive going a screen pass for 25 yards to cj ham who again as, as far as pro bowl candidates for fullback goes and what he's been able to do for this football team and a fan favorite every time yes. he touches the football the place goes crazy yes he's a minnesota native he's yeah. from duluth uh, what's not to like? You know, he's a college running back. People forget that. The reason he was even brought in from Augustana and Sioux Falls is because of what he did on tape as a running back. He wasn't brought in as a fullback. Mm-hmm. Because of his size as a running back, it was a natural transition to bring him to fullback. And because of his intelligence and how quickly he can pick things up, we knew we could trust him to play a variety of positions and help on special teams. But he is very comfortable with the ball in his hands. And you can see that when he catches a screen pass, catches a ball in the flat or, or runs the ball, that he makes people miss he can cut he can separate um and so it was a great reminder yesterday what he did after the catch that hey we, we got to find ways to get this guy the ball a little more because when he balls in his hands good things happen now we've said that also about Irv Smith we've said that about Dalvin we said that about Diggsy and, and so it's great to have that problem of needing to get the ball into multiple people's hands more often but unfortunately you, as you mentioned you couldn't finish on that drive I think a third down uh, you lost a yard and then yes. you had the fourth and one you had the false start were you trying to was it a hurry up situation I was yeah the goal the was to catch them off balance <laughs> catch them by surprise with a quick snap and it was well designed and and essentially well executed except that we weren't all set before the ball was snapped and so while it's great to have the element of surprise you have to be legal and be set for a second before the ball is snapped and we weren't and so Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. a justified penalty and and then that that drive was over had to kick a field goal um but then the two-minute drive was obviously a a big big situation in the game. Third and two from the Vikings 15. David Blau out of the shotgun. He goes back to pass to Neil Hunter looking for a triple and he got it! Three sacks by Daniil Hunter! And that one goes all the way back to the 27-yard line. It's a loss of 12 and Matt Prater will walk in to kick. Right before that drive, it looked like Detroit was either going to cut the lead potentially to a, with a touchdown to 10-7 to or but the end up, Prater, who's so reliable, missed the field goal. So you yeah. have that lead. You got the ball. You still have some time left. The two-minute offense. The big play, the 44-yard pass to Diggs. Just a beauty of a pass and a perfect position for him to make that catch. Yeah, the sack by our defense to push them back to a yeah. deeper field goal was a huge play. And then they missed the field goal. And then as a result, we get strong field position. So it was a sequence of plays that really put us in a good position. Cousin, shotgun. Here's the deep shot to the right side. Caught Diggs! That's the deep shot we were looking for.
looking for right at Darius Slay. It's a 43-yard connection. The 12th reception this year of 30 yards or more by Stephon Diggs. First in goal, Minnesota. Uh, after a couple of shorter completions to have um, – you know, Stefan Diggs be able to run that go route and track the ball down and keep his feet in bounds and pull it in. It really did change that drive because we go from midfield to suddenly being on the three yard line or whatever it was. And uh, um, then we ran it in with Dalvin and and, uh, you know, that was a great boost going into the half. Rudolph in motion. It's a toss right. Dalvin turns it up to the five. Walks into the end zone. Yes, he does. Dalvin Cook, his 13th rushing touchdown this season, and it's 16-0 Minnesota. Yeah, you get pretty much sense at that point. It's 17-0. The third quarter, there was no scoring uh, after that as well, and it kind of reminded me of some of those early season games you mentioned. It kind of almost like decided almost to go into a four-corner offense at that point. Just a little bit. Let things go in, let things develop as the game wore on. A little bit, and like the Raiders game and the Falcons game, I don't know that we fully slowed it down, but with about six minutes left, it felt yep. like we were calling off the dogs and trying to run the clock. And, um, you know, some other games where it's a close game, the last six minutes, the ball's going up and down the field. So it just varies from game to game how you need to play to win. So when you get done with a game like that and everyone's talking about it and you kind of, you know, it's a win, win and you, you know what's happening right now with the, the standings and where you are, what has to happen. Um, everyone, the consensus is you still got to play a lot better, that this is where this team is at right now. You know the competition is going to get tougher and you know the level of play is going to have to get a lot higher. Yeah, we still haven't played a, a game where all three phases are at their absolute best throughout the entire game. We're still trying to put that game together. Um, we have a three-game season, really, and uh, we've put ourselves in a good position where with three games left, we have a lot to play for, but these three games will tell the story. Um, you know, the NFC's loaded at the top. It's, there's some really good football teams, and so to keep pace, we're going to have to be better than you know just a really good team. We're going to have to be a great team to be able to hang in the NFC. And, um, you know, it felt like on Sunday that we won and it was a great win, but will that hold up against the best teams in the league, which is what we're trying to, to be or trying to get to and who we expect to see if we can get in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know the answer to that question. I think we still have some, some room to grow and uh, a gap to close for us to be able to do what we want to do down the stretch and then give ourselves the opportunity to be playing in January. Well, we'll preview that game against the Chargers in just a little bit, but coming up next, of course, the explosive running back for the Minnesota Vikings, the one and only Dalvin Cook. Stay with us on Under Center with Kirk Cousins. And welcome back to Under Center with Kirk Cousins. And Kirk, uh, what a guest we have uh, tonight. Um, the, one of the premier running backs in the National Football League. But we want to get to know a little bit more That's about right. Dalvin Cook uh, under the helmet, away from the game. And uh, we have this opportunity tonight. Well, he's he's a guest that needs no introduction. Correct. But, but to introduce him, <laughs> he's one of the best football players in the world. Uh, he's our running back. Uh, and he's a tremendous teammate. But uh, Dalvin, welcome to the show. I appreciate you. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to come on. I know that uh, uh, a couple of days after a game, you're working hard to get your body back right so mm-hmm. you can be out there every week. And uh, so I appreciate you taking this time. But uh, talk a little bit about the year you're having. Um, you've been phenomenal for us in the run game, but also 
also catching the football. I think people, you know, don't realize what you're doing in the screen game and as a wide receiver pretty much for us. Uh, talk a little bit about just your experience this season having uh, and making such a difference for our team. Um, just trying to open up more stuff for you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Dalvin. <laughs> no, just trying to be a valuable option for, for you in the passing game because I know, you know we can kind of get brackets and guys can kind of get double covered. Thielen's been out. That's so. right. I've just been trying to show up as much as I can and get the ball in my hand and light up, but that's been something I've been working on with KP since I got here, catching the football. And you do work hard on, on yeah. your hands, and whenever we're in a period where mm -hmm. the special teams or you know Dalvin's not being used, he's somewhere with KP with the football in his hands, laying on his back or, <laughs> or with his back turned to KP, and then KP will say, turn around, and he'll turn, <laughs> the ball's halfway there. They'll have the ball on a string, and he's pulling it. Well, tell the folks who KP is. So Kennedy Polamalu is yeah. the running back's coach. Okay. And uh, and so sorry about that. We call him KP. But uh, obviously yeah. he's coached Dalvin hard mm -hmm. yeah. for years and, yeah. and been very tough on Dalvin. And, and as a result, Dalvin's responded and played at a high level. But, tough uh, love, huh? Yeah. You have yeah. opened things up for me, so yeah. I appreciate that. What people don't realize is how many passes I've thrown this year for about a two- or three-yard gain on a screen or a check down that then I'd show up on paper as a 20-yard game <laughs> because of what Dalvin did after the catch. So I also appreciate that. But uh, uh, talk a little bit about your development as a player. Uh, coming in as a rookie, you had a great year, uh, got injured, but you pretty much showed right away what you could do. Um, did you expect that coming in as a rookie? Did you Have you kind of always had that ability to break tackles, make people miss? Or uh, do you feel like you've continued to improve as a player in your in your three years? Yeah, I definitely kept evolving with, like you said, with KP pushing me so much and putting me in situations and practice to where games just come natural for me. But, you know, just relying on guys that's much older than me. And I got Devontae, which always in my corner, Teddy mm -hmm. and those guys, to where, uh, you know, I got hurt coming in my rookie year and I came back and kind of had some struggles in year two but you know with, with guys telling me just keep fighting and you know just keep pushing and things gonna break for you and I just kept kept battling back you know going to just work hard and you know things have been coming for us and it's been a great year for us. You went a little bit last year through what Adam's gone through this mm -hmm. year with a hamstring where I think I can go this week yep. but I'm not sure I'm on a pitch count and we just weren't quite sure week to week and it made it hard mm -hmm. and uh, and so it's been so good to see you able to go yeah. and show what you can do. Now every week I meet with the people calling the game for the TV, the, we call it the production meeting <laughs> and every week they ask me Give us your thoughts on Dalvin Cook. Mm -hmm. Educate us on Dalvin Cook. And I always say, you know, what he does is he makes people miss. But it's not like he's going to kill you with a crossover like a basketball player. And it's not like he's going to lower his shoulder and just run you over. And yet they don't tackle him. Can you talk a little bit about that, that ability and kind of what you would equate your style to? Because I even have a hard time articulating to people his style. I just know that people don't bring him down. Um, but I don't even know how to how to say it. How would you how would you describe it? I just make people play at my pace. <laughs> I like that. I'll use that. I'll use that now. And that's just it's it's pretty much a certain move. I just get my leg the the opposite leg out of what I'm doing. And I pretty much worked on it a lot. I was gonna say, is it totally natural at yeah. eight years old you were doing that? Or is it something <laughs> that you train and develop? It's just playing in the backyard. Okay. Um, tight space and grow my backyard and 
making older cousins and older brothers miss. That's wow. what it comes down to. So let's take it back to those days growing up in Miami, mm-hmm. uh, in the Liberty City area. You mentioned how there's some really good athletes who have come from that area. I played with one with the Redskins and Quentin Dunbar, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and, and others. Um, talk about growing up in Miami. I'm sure the Hurricanes were pretty good when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but you chose to go to Florida State. Talk about your recruitment. Uh, I'm sure you were dominating in high school football. If you're doing what you're doing at the NFL level, I can only imagine what you're what you were doing at the high school level. Yeah, first off, growing up in Miami, um, it makes you mature fast. Um, you see a lot of things, you go through a lot of stuff, and like I said, you just grow up pretty fast. And hmm. that's just part of being in the Miami life. Hmm. And you know, you got to come to grips with it. And once you do, you know, you kind of be ahead of the game. Okay. And my recruitment was kind of crazy. I committed to three schools. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I committed to the, the, um, Clemson at first. Okay. When I first came out, it was my first offer. I jumped right on it, and, okay. and I committed right there. And I just found myself not wanting to leave the state of Florida. Hmm. So Florida was a, a school that I relied on very heavily. But they had a down year when they lost to Georgia Southern hmm. that year. Okay. And I just didn't want to go, to go into a sticky situation. So I kind of you know, met Jimbo, and he was a, we hit it off right away. And a, he explained the system and what he was trying to get done, and I think I fit fit right in what he was trying to get done. And I went in and had a tremendous career at Florida State. What was the other school you committed to besides Clemson and Florida State? <laughs> I kind of like had a, a, a non-verbal with, with Miami. Okay, was, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Yeah, but was was Miami, you know, you look back, was it something that was close to happening? They never really recruited me as hard. As you would have liked yeah. or probably deserved. But the thing about it was my high school, we had the number, I was the number two running back coming out. And okay. my other partner in the was nation. the number three. Yeah. You're the number mm. two running back in the nation, and you mm. had a teammate who was the number three running back in the mm-hmm. nation. Okay, so you had talent. So they recruited him <laughs> They recruited him more harder, and I accepted I gotcha. it. So And did he go to Miami? He went to Miami. Okay, and okay. I went to Florida State, and that's yeah. how it planned out. And yeah. Devontae Freeman was at Florida State, right? Already. Devontae's yeah. from the same yeah, area in Miami as you are. Yep. He was already there, mm-hmm. having success. Yep. Um, so Chris Thompson was at Florida State as well before you, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And you guys crossed paths a little bit. Yep. Chris was my teammate in Washington. Yep. I think the world of Chris. Great I think guy. he's one of the best teammates and, yep. and running backs I've played with. But uh, going back to teammates helping me, I've had two really good Florida State running backs uh, in my career <laughs> sure help have. me. So I kind of like this Florida State thing. <laughs> Um, so that's awesome. And you obviously had a tremendous career at Florida State. Um, and then were you three and out getting drafted? Were you three, three years and done. and done? Yeah, three and done. That's the way to do it. See, I was five. <laughs> I redshirted. Well, I, you know. Oh, my goodness. Dragged on and on and on. These guys who go three Finally, and out are just smart. just leave already. <laughs> that's outstanding. All right, so speaking about these Florida, other Florida State running backs, uh, obviously going all the way back to the days of Warwick Dunn, and there have been others through the years. Uh, but uh, – as of late with Devontae, growing up with him, talk a little bit about your relationship with him and some of the other great athletes that have come out of Florida State and out of your area in Miami. Yeah, um, Devontae is a guy I lean heavily on. And, you know, just, just coming from where we come from, it's about seeing it get done and then you knowing you could do it. Hmm. And Devontae was definitely the blueprint for me because he came out the same high school. And I kind of leaned on him for advice for, you know, how to get through this thing and get out of the situation that, that, I, that I was in Miami. So once he went to Florida State, I just kind of wanted to do exactly what he did, basically. Mm. And, you know, he went there and had success. And he, he wasn't as good of a player as he was at Florida State when he got to the NFL. Mm. He he just went through Florida State, got drafted in the fourth round, and he came in the lead and lit it up. 
but I leaned on him and he gave me advice to just keep my head down and keep working and we tight. That's We're great. Tight. That's outstanding. Have a guy like that you can do life with because it's so hard in this league with the adversity you face to kind of feel like you're all by yourself. Yep. Mm-hmm. You got a sounding board. You got a guy who knows he's been through it too. Mm-hmm. He gets it. Yep. I'm sure that makes a huge difference. Now, the possible MVP of our league this year is another guy from Miami, Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's having a historic year. He'll probably have the most rushing yards ever from a quarterback. Uh, and then you look at what he's done throwing the ball. It's it's historic, the combination. Uh, you played him in high school, right? And mm-hmm. he's from the Miami area, yeah. southeast Florida. Talk about that game or what you saw from him or what he saw from you that, that, uh, that day. It's actually an interview that's going around where he kind of talks about the game. Okay. He tells you, and I went Dalvin Cook, he was good. (laughs) 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 But but he was special too, man. He was special. Um, I just think, you know, I I always told myself with him, you know, once his throwing catch-ups to the way he runs the football as a quarterback position, he's going to be awesome. Yeah. And, you know, he scored on the first play of the game when we played him. Man, I was like, hold up, who is this? <laughs> and he threw for 200 yards, ran for 150, and I just tell you the type of day he had, but he lost by four touchdowns. Really? So, yeah, but it just, he was the Team only game. player over there, and we just were loaded. And, you know, just playing against that guy and seeing how much he's grown. And I played him at Louisville where he hung 70 points on us. <laughs> and it's just, I can't, I can't shake him. <laughs> we had a Louisville, uh, a guy who played at Louisville, played with Lamar, who was on our team this offseason. And I said, you know, did you expect it? Did you expect the success? Mm-hmm. And he said, I'll tell you what, man, there's a lot of good athletes out there. I see a lot of people on the football field. He's a different type of movement skill, a different type of speed. It's football speed where he can cut and move and never lose a step. They say Devin Hester was a little bit that way, yeah. where he could return kicks. And even though he was only like a 4-5, four, 4-4-5, four, four, it wasn't like he was 4-2, he never lost speed when he made a cut. And I think Lamar's kind of like that, although – Dalvin would know better than me, having played him and having been <laughs> yeah. a running back. So. Do you think he'll have to evolve as a quarterback in the context? He's a phenomenal running back, and yet a lot of times you see those RG3, some of them, Vic, sometimes you eventually hit the wall. The injuries, as you know, can play a part of it. Or will he be the same guy for a long time because he's so multi-talented? I think he will. You see the way he embraced contact as a runner. He turns into a running back. He protects he himself. He, he, yeah. does. he doesn't yeah. expose himself yeah. to, to, to silly to hits. hits. He'll yeah. step out of bounds. He'll get down. Yeah. When you're that when you're that quick, you can avoid the, the killer mm-hmm. shot. And <laughs> uh, and his passing success this year are off the charts too. So I don't see why he would slow down anytime soon. I'm sure you get, when you're 35, you slow yeah. down a little bit. <laughs> Change but things up a little bit. I think bit. he's got a few years before like that. A pocket passer. No. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll hear a lot more from Dalvin Cook coming right up, right here on Under Center with Kirk Cousins. We're back with Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins. Kirk, take it away. Dalvin, talk a little bit about, bit about moving to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So you get the call, you get drafted, you come out early. And it's the Minnesota Vikings. Talk about that transition, moving from a state you've lived in your whole life to mm-hmm. the state of Minnesota. <laughs> Pretty different from, you know, Liberty City to, to the Twin Cities. Yeah, I got that call. And automatically, I got the call. I was excited about the whole situation. 
but it hit me. I'm like, where I'm going? <laughs> I didn't know. I just look at a mess here. Where I'm going? And I, I called Zay right away. Okay. When I called Zay, he pretty much explained everything. You know, just get you a coat and you tell me what type <laughs> of coat. drive. I bet that helped having Xavier, Florida State yeah, guy, that was, been there. That was big, man. Just having him to, to lean on for them first couple of years, because you know Teddy was here, but he was going through a situation. So I just was pretty much letting him be, but called Zay, leaned on him, and Zay pretty much walked me through the whole thing and gave me the background of, of Minnesota. Now talk about, um, you know, you went through the ACL, you went through the hamstring last year. You've been very diligent this year coming in on a Monday or a Tuesday to get work in, to keep, you know, keep the sweat going, get the soreness out each week. You know, we've been given a lot of victory Mondays where mm-hmm. we don't have to come in, and you're still coming in. <laughs> yeah. And Tuesdays, you know, I, I yeah. take the day off. I don't come in on Tuesday. <laughs> I, I rest and I'm with my family. You're usually coming in yeah. to get some extra work in. Talk about your process of taking care of your body and being a pro and what that looks like during the season. Yeah, I'm a guy, if I, I like to observe, and then I pretty much put everything in my toolbox. So I've been observing guys, you know, the older guys around here. What for, works. Yeah, and how to get stuff done. And, you know, I come in on Mondays, and I just I lift, I squat at my position. I got to do that. Even if you took 30 hits and you're gotta, sore? I, and I got to squat. Okay. That's mandatory. And I come in on Tuesday and pretty much open up and run Okay. real good. Regardless of how you feel for the most part. I got to run. Okay. I got to open up. I run some gashes, some sprints, get going. Who takes you through that? The strength coaches? Keys. Okay. Man, keys. Okay. Yeah. And then on Wednesday, that's when I get to fly around. Then Thursdays, I kind of like temper it down. And Fridays, I crank it right back up. Okay. So I pretty much got this thing down. You know, to the T of how I want to get Isn't it great done. to have a routine? Yeah. It's, have a rhythm. You know what works for you. Yeah, your body going to react to it. No matter if you're tired, no matter what, your body going to react to it, and you're going to, you know, fire and trigger. When I study the successful guys, not just in professional football, but across professional sports, they have routine, mm-hmm. and they stick to it, and it's a comfort zone. And col- the college rhythm is very different than the pro rhythm because yep. you don't really have an off season in college. You're going right back to school after your bowl game. You're in winter conditioning, and they kind of control you. Fo- uh, pro football, there's a little more freedom. So you got to figure out your routine. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you've now in year three really figured out what works for you, and once you figure that out, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? Big difference, and you go into the week feeling much better, clear mind. You just can focus on football, and you don't got to worry about pretty much anything else is my body going to be ready to go no nah, i know i'm ready to go because i've been through my routine each and every week hmm. now talk a little, little bit about off the field mm-hmm. you've done some great stuff with vikings table and you got the sweatshirt on right mm-hmm. now and i ordered one as well uh, yeah, I, I got my locker <laughs> so uh talk a little bit about that story and what you do and and uh the difference you're making and people are making on your behalf yeah, I pretty much wanted to pick something that I wanted to give back to the community and okay. get out and just show my face and pretty much show people, you know, that I want to be here. This is where I want to be at. Yep. You know, I love Minnesota and just wanted to get out and just show people and just really much give back to a situation that I've been through. And, you know, it's about, you know, the Vikings Foundation. And it's pretty much going, we we driving around in a food truck and we giving kids food and it's healthy eating. So we just teaching them how to eat the proper mm-hmm. way at an early age. And coming up, I never had that. No, I'd go to the store, get me some junk food and quarter juice, and I'm going <laughs> to eat. <laughs> so that's just pretty much what it was. But just trying to get these kids, you know, the proper way to eat and the proper way to do things at an early age. Um, I chose my foundation because, you know, it's special to me, and it's, it hits my heart, and it hits back home for me. And, you know, giving back to kids and, you know, teaching them the proper way of how you eat and, you know, Giving them food to eat, you know, it's very important for me because, you know, I've seen it on a daily basis when I was growing up and, you know, especially to my heart. So 
the ones that's special to my heart, and I'm willing to give back to, to everybody. So that's why it's special to me. This month, Dalvin Cook donated proceeds from his Chef Cook merchandise sales in support of the Minnesota Vikings Foundation. Please join us in welcoming Dalvin Cook's mother, Vaughn, stepfather, Terrence, and father, James, as they present a $10,000 check on Dalvin's behalf to Vikings Chief Operating Officer Andrew Miller and the Minnesota Vikings Foundation. Thank you, Dalvin, for giving back to the youth of our community. Now, I noticed your family on the field yesterday. Mm -hmm. I'm in the middle of the game, so I, I, you still see stuff on sure. the, on mm -hmm. the, on the uh, screen, and you, you notice things in the crowd, but then you're right back to work. I noticed it was a check that mm -hmm. I didn't quite piece it all together. What was going on yesterday with you and your family and the Vikings Foundation on the field? Yeah, um, we got the sweatshirts and the shirts that I, that I pretty much made up. And I got my logo on the back, and we sold we sold them, and it came up to like ten thousand dollars. It's great. And we donated it all to the the Vikings Foundation. And it's great. That's what it's all about, man. What's Talk about making a difference locally. Yeah. And that's great. Yeah. What's it like to be a role model now? When you think about your upbringing and what you had to go through to get to where you are right now, and other kids now look at you the way you probably looked at some other athletes when you were growing up. That's different. Um, it's just everything that I dreamed of, and and more. But just being able to, you know. Like I said, show people who I really am, and I just think through the whole process of you know getting recruited and getting drafted, you know you could pretty much go misunderstood because it's just all about football and mm. and that's it. So you pretty much don't get to show who you really is. And I think you know taking the helmet off and going into the community and, and doing little things, pretty much people can see who the who yourself is. Now, what's your rhythm in the off season? Uh, we talked about your in-season routine. Do you like to go back to Miami? Mm -hmm. Do you have a new spot in Miami? Are you are you revered in your hometown? Is it a little <laughs> bit of well, he's just another professional athlete from this area, yeah. so he's not as like. How does that work going back to Miami? I go back home and I and I and I sit on the lake. Okay, I fish a lot. I love it. Yeah, I wake up every the off season I, I wake up every morning and fish and what do you fish for yeah whatever i just like being out there. Oh, do right. you fish from the shore do you get in a boat i get in the boat okay but you and know. you fishing in 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 water or are you going out to the ocean we go out in the ocean okay. um well where I, where I pretty much stay at is right on the lake so i just get okay. my rod and okay go out there get my chair and i'm throwing my line and out. how long are you out there for potentially <laughs> until somebody call me or come get really? me <laughs> so you can just sit there or to the bait run out <laughs> wow so you're pretty yeah. patient just enjoy that's the, my thing. the chill and i think that's where my running style pretty much come in place right there that's awesome. Being patient. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, what about uh, your rhythm as far as training in the off season? Do you mm -hmm. uh, you pretty much in Miami most of the winter, most of the summer? Yeah, I'm down there at Pete Bomberitos. Yeah, I know um, Pete. Yeah. yeah, bunch of guys down there. I try to get around a bunch of, you know, top name guys, running back wise, okay. that I could be around and just see how they training and how they pushing yeah. themselves and what type of drills they going through. And it was a bunch of guys down there, like a lot of top guys and. It was fun being around those guys. Now, being such a great athlete, did you play other sports in high school? Were you doing a bunch of other stuff? I ran track. Okay. Um, what events did you run? 100, 4 by one the 400. I, I like the 400. That's a man's race. Man's race. <laughs> That's about the farthest distance you can sprint. Yeah. Anything longer, and you're probably not fully sprinting. But the 400, you could sprint that thing. Yeah, that monkey get on your back. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And yeah, that's, how did that's you do it. in the state? How'd your four by one team do? We did pretty good. Um, 
we Florida is not exactly a, uh, uh, you know, run out of talent in track. No, no, no Florida's pretty deep, and if you're winning state in Florida. Yeah, this, but our, our track team was pretty good. Um, we got some fast teams down there. Booker T. Washington was our, our rivalry down there in track. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you probably got some good track memories. Yeah, I do. I don't. I don't miss those days, though. <laughs> well, Rosie, what else you want to ask this guy? Well, I think uh, um, I, I just think encapsulating where you are right now in your career and, and the best is yet to come. I'm sure you yep. feel that, yeah, that you continue to work and, and what you want to accomplish individually and as a team with uh, with this guy as your quarterback yep. in particular and, and the way your offense has been evolving the last year. Or so, yep. um, like I said, I just pretty much want to say I, I'm I'm happy to be his teammate. You know. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be back there beside Kurt, and you know, you know, just being beside a good quarterback, it make job, it make my job much easier. You know, I get to run the football, get to have an honest box, and and stuff like that. But you know, just just being a part of this team, it's been special to to see how we fight back after a loss, and mm-hmm. you know how we come back and you know work. And I'm all about winning. I I love the stats and everything, but I want to win a Super Bowl, and I see the desire in these guys to to do the same thing. And that's what we're fighting for right now. You better not get out of here without mentioning your offensive line, though, because those mm-hmm. guys will hear about it if you don't yep. say something about them. Yep. Pound of beef, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so when you score, which you've done a lot this year, I think your first in the NFL in rushing touchdowns, uh, you've been given the ball the O-line. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about how that started and maybe who your favorite guy to give it to is. <laughs> um, it all started back in the preseason. And okay, just this year? Yeah, okay. this year. Yeah, this year. Uh, we started handing those guys the ball and trying to see who spikes the best. They really enjoy it. They enjoy it. They enjoy it more than they than I think it is deserved. They really look forward to they it. They enjoy it. You got to see Pat when I gave Pat the ball. He's like me. Like he, like he was he was hyped about it. Yeah, he was hyped. And but Pike's Pat Pat's definitely the um. Pat Elfline, yeah. yeah, he gets it done, and he have <laughs> he got a demeanor to him when he do it. So, the the one on on Sunday, I think, was the best one all year. The key is when you spike it, it's got to leave the screen on film the next day. If it disappears off the screen, that's a good spike. I'll tell you what, uh, uh, we got a great locker room. I've said that since I got here. Um, it's it's a great group of guys. Dalvin has had you know elite success. I think he should obviously be in the Pro Bowl and be all pro this year. He's the real deal and a big reason why we have a good locker room. So um, appreciate you and appreciate what you've done you for us on and off the field. And uh, Let's keep doing it, man. We've Let's got three weeks it. to go in the regular season. We've got three-game season. Let's make it happen. Let's do it, Kurt. All right. Thanks, Del. Yeah. Welcome back to Under Center with Kirk Cousins. A terrific discussion with Dalvin Cook. I can understand, Kirk, why uh, he's such a beloved teammate. Yep. Uh, uh, and, and what a, what a uh, security blanket to have in the backfield. And what no, a he's, terrific talent. He's as, as tremendous as he is on the field. He's, he's just as great off the field. And uh, I've just been so happy that he stayed healthy this year and, and been yeah. able to really do what we know he can um, because he's a special talent in this league. Back out to uh, the West Coast, Los Angeles Chargers. It'll be a 3 o'clock game uh, right here at KFAN as well. But they moved it. They flexed it. It was supposed to be a night game. They moved it to the afternoon game. You're probably not unhappy about that. Yeah, I'm not complaining. You know, when we played the Seahawks, you're getting back at 5 a.m. And the Cowboys was that way as well. And so just from a routine and ability Mm -hmm. to get ready for the next game, uh, anytime you can play day games, I think it helps, especially with with being on the road. 
you play the Chargers. Not a lot of history with these teams. It doesn't happen. Doesn't play. You don't play them that often. They're playing in that kind of a bandbox stadium out there. Probably be more Viking fans and Charger fans out there. But how do you address? How do you kind of get deep into what the Chargers are all about in the next couple of days? Well, we'll go through our same uh, plan of preparation like we always do. Whether it's a divisional opponent or a team we play once every four years, um, you know, we'll get familiar with them as the week goes on. But uh, you know, that stadium can lull you to sleep too. And uh, I remember I played out there in 2017 uh, with Washington, and uh, there were a lot of Redskins fans there, but uh, we got our butts kicked, and they really? handed it to us. And, and so we can't go out there and somehow allow a soccer stadium and a, and a unique environment, being that there will be Vikings fans uh, in the crowd, allow that to somehow cause us to lose our edge. We have to be pros and uh, still have a, a great edge to us. That's the only way you win in this league is feeling like uh, your, your, your back's against the wall and your hair's on fire. I mean, that's the best and only way to win and, and play in this league. You never know what to expect when you play the Chargers. They beat Jacksonville on Sunday 45-10. to 10. They're not having a great season uh, record-wise, but Phillip Rivers is in his 16th season as a quarterback, 38 years old. I'm sure yeah. you've, you've watched him and play for, for many, many years, and you never know what to expect. He's still a gunslinger back there. Yeah, he's outstanding. He's one of those players that you watch and you you study and and you emulate and and you also um, you know you you admire what he's put together over so many seasons the longevity the ability to have 200 plus straight starts um, it's something special and it's not easily done and uh, you know it's it's in the numbers he's put up on paper he's a Hall of Famer no doubt so mm-hmm. um, very special player. Um, you know, it's going to be a great challenge. Like so many other NFL teams, th- these games are so tight. And I know the Lions have felt this way. They had Lions had a fourth-quarter lead in almost all of their games. So while they only had three wins, they're better than their record. Mm-hmm. And I think the Chargers are a team that has had a lot of close losses, tough losses, and yet they've been right there with people. And so you realize the difference between being a team that's out of playoff contention and a team that thinks they can do something in the playoffs is so small. And we cannot allow the fact that they're – out of playoff contention mathematically to at all creep in or affect the way we prepare the edge that we have when we go there. You almost look at it as if the playoffs have already started. I mean, your mindset almost has to be that way because some things are out of your control. What the Packers do against the Bears on Sunday when they host them, out of your control. That game will be over probably by the time you take the field. Uh, But at the same time, you know you got to win three in a row here to put yourself in that position. Yes, we need to stack up wins. And uh, we don't need to look any farther than the Chargers right now. That's the only uh, job we have is to focus on them. And uh, we need to stack up wins. So we did a great job on Sunday getting another win against the Lions and uh, we need to get to 10 wins after this Sunday and it won't be easy but we need to put together a great Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and then give ourselves a chance. But isn't this the fun part? I mean, ultimately, this is how you're going to be judged, not only as a quarterback, but as a team, how this team performs in the month of December. Absolutely. December is for the players. It's for it's for people who want to, you know, leave their mark. And uh, January, much the same way. But 9-4, uh, and four, you know, we've put ourselves in a great position, but, but really, that's all we've done. We haven't, you know, won anything, clinched anything, uh, secured anything. Uh, in and of itself, you know, nine wins is is not what you want when the year started. You wanted double-digit wins and and you know, 11, 12, 13 wins. So that's what we're chasing. But uh, it's going to take a, a win against the Chargers to get there. Do you believe this team, when, when healthy, and it's tough, uh, again, we're going to wait and see what's going to happen with Adam Thielen, uh, could go back to Seattle, could go back anywhere and compete and win a playoff game? Well, I think at our best. 
you know, at our best. And I said earlier, I don't know that we have played at that level yet in all three phases together as one unit. We're still looking for that game to be put together. Uh, but there's no doubt when we are playing to our potential, we have a team that can that I think not only can do it, but that other teams respect and believe mm-hmm. can do it too. But that's the question is, do you put it together? And I think the frustration in our losses or even in some of our closer wins is feeling like we're not playing up to our potential in, in all three phases. And, um, you know, I'm excited for when we do put it all together. I think that uh, we could really, you know, make it a special year. You know, I, I think for Kirk, it's just, um, you know, he, he's been extremely accurate for for quite a while now. Uh, he's getting the ball out quickly. Most of the time it's in the right place. Um, I think just the, the continue working in practice, throwing the ball to guys, you know, trusting them that they're going to be in the right place, right space. Um, and then, he, you know, I, I think he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. And so, uh, you know, that's a big thing for, for him or any quarterback. Yeah, we've. Um, I, I like this team. I mean, they come in here and they work. They, they, they. I think they understand what's at stake every single week. Um, you know, the games that we've lost, we've have been close ball games, and then, um, you know, and, and and then. But we found ways, and it seems like we find different ways to win all the time. You know, this week we got some turnovers, and we we played really good on defense, and you know, offense was just okay really most of the day um you know and there's been times when the offense has been great and the defense has been just okay so um you know the more ways that we can find ways to win i think is important and i think they have confidence that regard you know like the denver game we're down 20 to 20 to zip and ray will come back or whatever it was um you know find ways to keep fighting and and keep trying to score points and win games all right, Kirk, that'll do it for Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Thanks for listening. Of course, a reminder the Vikings and the L.A. Chargers this Sunday, 3 o'clock kickoff right here on KFAN. Thanks for listening. Have a good night, everyone.